I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Hello and welcome to another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Today, what I want to do is talk about being an energy-draining person versus being an energy-giving person. So this is something that I often talk to my individual coaching clients about, and so I just thought that it would be an awesome topic to talk about today in this episode. So my inspiration for this topic is actually venturing out while here in Michigan and trying to find some friends. And when you go out after having recovered to try to find friends, you have to really figure out what kind of friends do I want? What do I bring to the table, which we've talked about in previous episodes? And what do the people that I want to be friends with bring to the table? So you really want to know what you're looking for. Sure, you can be friendly with anyone, but to develop a deep connection with someone, a friendship with someone, it's important for you to know what you're looking for and to be friends with someone who would support you in who you're becoming. So... I am, as we've talked about on previous episodes, we've talked about spirituality and I am a Christian. So one of the places that you can go as a Christian to create friendships is community groups and local churches. So we moved to Michigan and there wasn't a whole lot open here because of COVID, but as things started to slowly open up, there is... There was a church in Indiana, a little south of where we're at, that had a women's group and a kids group going on. It's pretty cool. So uh, my son could go and like play football or Nerf guns or whatever kid activity they had while I was able to connect with some women in the community in this group. And so the place was awesome. The community group was amazing. The women were amazing. However, what I found was that the women in the group were women who were energy draining and through no fault of their own, beautiful people, right? Just that at the end of their day, they their intention was to go to the group and to connect with other people, but really to use the space as more like I don't, maybe like a therapy session or not really even therapy, just like sharing in the pains and woes of their life. So I would go week in and week out because I'm really trying right at this point to get out there, get my son out there. When you move to a new location, it's just something that you need to do. So, but every week I'd come home and I would say to Jay, gosh, I am just so exhausted. Like I feel like I'm just so tired. And one time, there was a situation where one of the women in the group was telling a lot about her medical issues that she had had and just a lot of the problems that she was going that was going were going on in her life excuse me so i came home and i told this to jay and he goes it sounds like that's an awesome space but the people in it are energy draining so that's not quite what you're looking for in a friend It was just such a beautiful way to put it because I thought, you know what, you're right. I had been going back and back and back to come to try to create relationships with people that wanted different things from that space and just from connecting with other people. So that's totally fine. Really no judgment in the fact that they were energy draining. It's just that that wasn't what I was looking for. But it brought new light to what it is I am looking for, which is, to be surrounded by people who are energy giving. 
Um, so I want to help you understand what that means because it was a huge part of my recovery journey, even though I didn't have a name for it, becoming an energy giving person versus being an energy draining person. Now, don't get me wrong. I absolutely adore working with people with BPD, with people with mental illness, because I can help people become energy giving. So I absolutely have clients and was myself like an energy draining person. So again, I just want you to understand that it's not a judgment. It's just a shift in perspective. You have to be energy draining if you're going through a deep sort of like depression or emotional pain, or if you're going through recovery of something like trauma, borderline personality disorder, complex post-traumatic stress disorder, of course, because there's so many problems in the forefront of that brain, your mindset, that those are the things that your brain is going to tend to focus on, which therefore conveys that energy to the people around you, becoming then energy draining. So it's just important for you to understand. So... I was. I also had the pleasure this week of being able to spend some time with my mom. So we went home, we were visiting family, and I spent a week hanging out with my mom, which is awesome. I'm not going to say a negative word about my mother because had she not gone through what she went through, I wouldn't be here today with the podcast. I will say, though, that being able to spend time with her in that for a long period of time, it allowed me to see... Some of the things or behaviors that I had engaged in the, in the past, where they came from, and how far I've come, and just some things that I can help you guys with. So, one, we, okay, so what I realized is that my mom has a tendency to look at all of the negative things that are going on around her. Not all the time, right? But some of the time maybe most of the time. And it's just a learned behavior. So what I found was that I became really exhausted at times on my trip. And again, this idea of being energy draining versus energy giving came up for me during the trip. And here's an example of what I mean. So my mom is often the yeah, but person, right? It's like, I am having a great time, but Do you like the restaurant? Yeah, but, but there's always a negative to go with the positive, right? So we were just, I was trying on clothes because I got a week off, right? So I'm going to go get some dresses. I like wearing dresses in the spring. So we go to the store and the dressing rooms are closed in Philly. Well, for certain stores, right? So I can't try on the dresses. I have to buy them all and then return them. And they actually want you to do that. They want you to buy them and then go back and return the dresses in the stores so that you don't, they don't have to worry about sanitizing or, you know, spreading COVID in the dressing rooms. So it is kind of annoying, right? I mean, whatever you go, you have to make a bunch of trips, but that's what they're doing and it is what it is. So my attitude towards it was like exactly that. Meh, okay. So I chose a bunch of dresses and I'm going to check out and the woman at the checkout goes, wow, this dress is beautiful. So I immediately, I smile and I'm like, thank you so much. There's plenty more out there. Are you going to get one on your break? And my mom goes, yeah, but you can't even try the dresses on here. You have to you have to take them all back to return. So she immediately starts going into this space of being negative. 
And those that's just one incident of where I had to kind of look at, okay, well, what's going on here? What would I have done in that situation, you know, when I was in the recovery process? And why is this a problem? So the reason why it's a problem is because when you have a yeah, but person with you, it's very difficult to enjoy the world around you. It's very difficult because anytime you something appears positive or is positive, that person's going to find something that's wrong with it, negative with it. Now, I did point this out to my mom and she was really working on trying to like not be that person. And also, like I said before, it's a learned behavior. So she's just doing what she knows, not knocking that at all. But it does provide good information for me to talk about that with you today. Because what I want you all to do as you're writing your story and your narrative and you're walking this path of the on the person that you're becoming or to the person that you're becoming, I want you to consider whether or not you are a an energy draining person or an energy giving person, whether or not your family is energy draining or giving, and whether or not the people you surround yourself with are energy draining and energy giving. So the way to know whether or not someone is energy draining or energy giving is how you feel after the visit was over or the hangout was over. So for me, feeling energy draining means feeling emotionally exhausted, tired, drained, and maybe even a little bit insecure depending on how long I was in that environment. Insecure meaning like the ground underneath my feet is unstable. I feel chaotic, right? So I feel like there's a problem and I have to solve it. But when I'm spending time with an individual who is energy giving, I feel happy and at peace. I feel exactly that energized, energy giving. I just feel like, gosh, this person's so fun to be around. They're just so positive and optimistic and they just, just give so much to me. So I want to keep going back to spend more time with them because they've given me this sense of contentment and calm. I feel secure in who I am. I feel like I want to support and love them. Right, So that's energy giving versus energy draining. So I really want you to start to identify whether or not you are an energy giving and an energy draining person first. It's really important that you start thinking of things in this way so that you can add this to that that list of moral values, of characteristics of that person that you're walking the path to becoming. Because... What people often ask me is, how do I, you know, make a good friend? I can't seem to keep friends. Or how do I get people to hear me or listen to me? How do I, you know, stop being so negative? Well, this is one of the ways that you can stop being so negative. If you try to go out into the world, into a relationship, and you try to offer that person energy, what are all the things you would need to do? You would need to be positive, optimistic. You would have to find things in the environment that were good and really make those things stand out. You could talk, obviously, about the problems that you have. However, you wouldn't highlight them. You would highlight the good things in life. Not negating or invalidating the issues, but really highlighting those good things. 
And so that's a hard thing to do if you're not used to it. But I want you to start to bring it into your conscious awareness just so that you can begin first identifying the differences between identity, I'm sorry, um, energy draining and energy giving people, and then being able to become an energy giving person. So if you are an energy draining person, you're self-identified and this is you, I want you to start with a gratitude practice in the morning. Before I get there, though, I did want to say that I was once an energy draining person. I was that yeah, but person. I was the glasses half empty, life isn't worth living, why are we here person. I was the person who would be a class clown and make a joke about something in some sort of like dark humor type way, convincing myself I was funny or trying to convince myself that I was funny, but yet doing it in such a way that was just draining because every joke and every comment and everything that was like supposedly lighthearted was really draining and negative. And so I, in my recovery journey, I just learned to stop complaining so much. I learned to stop thinking about things that didn't matter so much. And the way that I did that was, one, a gratitude practice. So every morning when you wake up, I want you to start to write down all of the things that you are grateful for. Is it, are you grateful for the sunshine because it's a nice day out? What if you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm not grateful for anything? Okay, well, what can you choose to be grateful for? Remember the definition of joy. Joy is choosing to be happy even when things don't go your way. So if you wake up and it's rainy or cloudy or snowing on you know a day that's supposed to be a spring day, how can you choose joy and have gratitude? So write it all out. Maybe you don't you're not a journal person, that's fine. We all have phones, right? I'd venture to say that most of you have smartphones, if not all of you listening to this podcast. You can also just pop open a note and just jot down all of the things you're grateful for, and there's probably an app for that, right? So you want to start your day doing something positive. That's the idea behind the gratitude practice. The second thing that I want you to do if you haven't done it already is I want you to actually write out the narrative or a story of who the person is that you're becoming. Write it out. The person that I'm becoming is positive and happy. This person has a makes a mistake and is able to overcome that mistake, take it on as not a failure as in in her character, a character flaw, but it's just a mistake. And mistakes are made and they can be learned from. I'm becoming a person who is energy giving. When people leave my presence, I want them to feel calm and content. I want them to want to spend time with me because they know that I'm going to boost them up and make them feel like the world is good. It's a good place to be in. I want you to write a narrative that sounds similar to that. So that after you have woken up with your gratitude practice, I want you to then read that story, the story of that person that you're becoming. And the third thing I want you to do is I want you to imagine that you have a hat and when you put on that hat, your role is now to act out the actions of the person you're becoming. 
So if it's too exhausting to put on that hat to be an energy-giving person, to be a grateful and positive, optimistic person every day, because there's so much horrible things weighing down and burdening you, that I totally understand that. I've been there. So what I want you to do is just take the hat and put it on in one relationship, in one scenario in your day, just so that you can start practicing this. Maybe you're going to go out just shopping. You're going to go get groceries. Put on your hat of walking the path to the person you're becoming and being this energy-giving person. And what that would look like is smiling. I mean, funny because people really can't see you smile with masks, but smile with your eyes. Say thank you and please. Say something positive to the cashier. Say excuse me and make eye contact to the people in the aisle. Really try to play that role of that person that you're becoming because the only way to transform and to become someone who's energy giving is to walk the path. So at first, it is a little bit of acting that occurs until you can really get the hang of it. So that's a three-step process for you guys to be able to begin the path of becoming an energy giving person. There's a time and a place to be energy draining that it absolutely, like in coaching sessions, in therapy sessions, with people who are very close to you. But there's also many more opportunities for us to shift our perspective, to look up and to see the world as a beautiful place and to give energy to the people around us. Hi Rose, my name's Corey, and my wife and I are getting a divorce due to choices I've made. We have children together, two boys, and I love them all very much and want to be the most supportive person I can. I don't like feeling like I have a diagnosis, but my wife believes that I have BPD and I'm willing to seek some kind of treatment to make it better for her and for my children, even if I'm not married to her anymore. And I have an appointment with Jay on Tuesday, but um, my question has to do with the last podcast and where is the line drawn, if you will, between normal misinterpretation of a message and BPD? I know that I've heard things that she said and reinterpreted them and made my own version of the story to fit my own pain, but I see similarities in her. I'll tell her a story and she'll repeat it back and it's just not the same. And friends have heard that and say, it's not the same. You're not saying what he's saying. So where's the line in the sand of what's misunderstanding and what's BPD? Hey, Corey, thank you so much for reaching out and submitting your question for the podcast. I also want to say congrats for taking that first step towards treatment and being able to schedule your first session with Jay, especially if you're having some um, concerns or questions about communication. I'm actually planning on having Jay come on the podcast to do a series of episodes about communication because he is awesome at communicating and he taught me how to communicate better while he's still teaching me how to communicate better. But to answer your question, first, it's very difficult for me to say, okay, well, this is you versus her without knowing you both individually and being able to know the context of the situation. So first you have to know who you are and the person you're in relationship with has to know how who they are, has to be 
has to have a good and firm, solid foundational relationship with their identity in order to be able to convey information accurately and to be able to catch what you're saying in a clear and concise way. In a relationship that has an one or even two people who experience mental illness concerns or distorted perception, it can be very difficult to find reality. And one of the reasons for that is because the person who has the dysfunction, right? Like let's say the BPD, let's say that's you. That the person who has a dysfunction has is what they're saying and what they are doing is incongruent. Those two things are not congruent. They don't match. So what that then forces the other person to do is to fill in the gaps. So for example, if I say to Jay, I love you so much. You're the only person I ever want to be with. And I just, I want to be the best mother I can to our son. And then... On the side, I am on Tinder or um, having inappropriate conversations with other guys or I am, you know, I don't know, maybe I even just go out one night, throw caution to the wind and it's like a what's happened, what happened in Vegas has stays in Vegas situation. <laughs> well, that behavior that I'm engaging in makes my word mean nothing. So let's say then Jay finds out. Oh, well, she's, you know, cheating on me. Wow. And she says she loved me. Well, the things that I say are no longer going to hold weight to him. He's going to fill in the gaps with his own assumptions and interpretations because he can't trust me. So what I would say the first start with is really figuring out if you have been loyal to your word in the past. Because perhaps what's happening is that the person you're in relationship with, your wife, And I'm so sorry to hear about the separation and divorce. I'm also really happy that you're doing this for your boys, for your kids. So if the person that you're in relationship with has that history with you because you are not loyal to your word, then it's really, really going to be hard for you to tell like what came first, the chicken or the egg, who's the one with the problem, right? So I don't necessarily think that's entirely relevant. I think the thing that I would like for you to be focusing on, Corey, is who are you? Who do you want to become? In the past, we've all made mistakes, myself included. So have you started walking the path to becoming a person who means what they say and says what they mean? Are you trustworthy? So if you say something to your wife, she doesn't have to fill in the gaps knowing the history that you have of not telling things truthfully, not telling the whole story. Or if that's not something that you go through, are you, is your behavior just congruent with who you are, who you want to be in your identity? So I teach people how to respect me, which includes believing the words that I say. By saying things and believing in things and then actually being and doing those things. I have a podcast, right? Week in and week out, I get on this podcast and I talk about recovery. And if 
you had a camera, like you could kind of follow me around and see what I'm doing in my everyday life. And you came here and you saw me having episodes, lying, not working out, not eating healthy foods, laying around all day, not being selfless, being mean, being tyrannical. Would you respect me? I hope that every single one of you out there would say no, because that's, that's just incongruent. You can't trust me anymore. You can't respect me because I'm not the person I'm saying I am. So communication first starts with being the person, being a person that deserves respect by making sure that who you are and what you say and what you do is all in alignment So that when you communicate with your wife, with your kids, with anyone, you are 100% certain of your reality. They then can come towards you, trust your word, trust you, respect you, and be 100% certain of what you said. So I really hope that kickstarts you into the... um, your recovery journey and I'm again so happy that you took this step and you're working with Jay and for all of you out there if you did if you were able to follow me around I promise you (laughs) we are doing all the things I was actually laughing yesterday because I was thinking man what am I gonna put on my Instagram account what am I gonna make reels of and then Jay's like oh time to work out excuse me and we do walking lunges across our property which is you know quite a bit of ways and I'm like you know what me just living my daily life would be pretty cool to post on reels and Instagram because you'd be able to see that I am actually a genuine person that I do walking lunges and I duck walk for across the entire my entire property and I work out and I engage in kind behavior I practice my morals and I do the right thing the right way so hopefully that'll be something I'll be able to free up some time for because I think that's really important Um, and I will be having Jay on to do a series of communication actually we have so many exciting things coming up so keep sending in your questions and I'll see you next time for another episode of from borderline to beautiful Okay, thanks for listening. That was from Borderline and Beautiful, a production of Thrive Mind Body LLC, online coaching that helps frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Visit us on the web at thriveonlinecounseling.com. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or any app that you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get a new episode every Monday. If you want to get in touch, you can leave me a voice message. Some of you had some comments and questions from the last episodes, and I'd love to hear whatever questions you have, too. Just download the Anchor mobile app, search for From Borderline to Beautiful, and tap the message button to send me a voice message. We'll have all those links in the show description. Okay, we made it. Thanks again for listening. I'm Rose Skeeters, and I'll be back next week with another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Talk to you then.